Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy. I want to speak to you uh, about calling because it's very important for all of us. Uh, at least once in a while, we remember that uh, all of us, uh, we have a calling in our lives. Turn to your neighbor and say, you have a calling. You have a calling, okay? Uh, and uh, it's important uh, to know and to serve our calling. Uh, What does the next slide say? Number one, uh, know that you have been called. God calls us and I want you to know that you have been called. Uh, I told you uh, once before, you know, uh, when my grandmother sent me, six-year-old boy, uh, to just the opposite um, side of the road where we had a, a convenience shop, Chinese shop, um, they had all these biscuits and sweets at the front and all this Milo and all this uh, uh, sugar and salt at the back. So grandma gave me five ringgit uh, to go. Five ringgit was a lot at uh, that time. Uh, we're talking about 1976. And, and, and so uh, I'm, I'm going across uh, to the shops and uh, I forgot what my grandmother sent me there for because there were so many biscuits, especially the one at the biscuit with the, with the sugar on top one. That's my favourite. Because I eat the sugar, throw away the biscuit, you know? Uh, and uh, I just love it. And, and so I will go opposite, five ring in my hand. Uh, and I thought to myself, wow, this is power. Power! And uh, uh, to, to welcome me to the shop is all this biscuit and sweets. Alright? Six years old, my grandma, those days were very safe. La, so grandma sent you, uh, six years old, crossing the street uh, because there's not many cars. And then I get to the place, I forgot, no? I forgot, my, my grandmother said, please buy me some sugar and some salt. And five ringgit, ah. Supposed to come back with, you know, at least uh, half that, lah. Two fifty, I think, can buy sugar and salt. And, and, and so I went there. Ha, team guy, leh. Messy, leh. You know, what was the reason? What was the reason my grandmother sent me? I can't remember. Yao yao loy Five ringgit. I got money. I got power. 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 Power, but no purpose. Power, but forgot purpose. Power, forgot purpose. So I look at biscuit. Look at sweet, six years old boy, okay? Uh, sometimes uh, we, you know, we are sent into the earth with power, you know, gifts, talents, but forget purpose because many sweets and biscuit along the way. And, you know, the shopkeeper, you know, which is, you know, not God, um, he knows how to tempt you along the way. And so I bought the sweets because I, 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 I'm sure my... Grandmother loved me and she actually gave me money for sweets. I'm sure of it. I'm just so sure that God loves me, that my grandmother loves me and she cannot be sending a young boy to buy anything else but whatever he likes. And so I came back with the sweets and my grandmother, oh, my you, know, you, you, you help yourself to some sweets, I see. Right? And then I said, yes, grandma, thank you, I said. And she says, where's the salt and the sugar? So one day when we all appear before God, and we die and we are gone and from the earth and we appear before God. Uh, he's going to say, I gave you talent, give things, I gave you, you know, good looks. What do you use it for? You know, I, I, gave, you, I gave you talent. I gave you uh, the ability. I gave you passion. And uh, it was for a purpose. And then you come and you say, but, but God, I bought sweets, I bought biscuits. And say, yeah, very good. But where's the purpose? Where is what I sent you for? Okay, so know that you have been called, know your call, and serve your call. Three points. 
Okay? Know that you have been called. You have been called. Whether you like it or not, you have been. That's number one. Number two, better to know your caller. Right? Know, know what, ah, what's the purpose, what's the call of God on my life and to serve that call. Okay? Uh, the next three points in the next slide says, well, there's no three points. Huh? Never leave your call. Okay, this is very important. This is very important. Never leave your call because outside your call is darkness and danger. I tell you now. Uh, it's, it's very important. Outside your call is darkness and danger. When, when you, the next slide, must well, must well look at the next slide. Lah. Staying in your call is covering and protection. Uh, so if Pastor Kenneth, you see there's a, there's a, there's a problem about uh, apostolic gift. Uh, let me just explain this to you. Uh, maybe some of you uh, may not be sure about what I'm trying to say. There is a gift in the, in the Bible and in Christianity called apostolic, okay? So the five, five-fold ministry, apostles, apostles, applesauce, apostles, prophet, okay? Apostle because apostle touches everything one, can do everything when the apostle can do everything. But the, but the uh, what is this? Prophet, right? Because how you know prophet? Prophet points, 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 points. Points, thus says the Lord, points. So evangelist, longest finger because the longest reach. Evangelist always reach people one. And then pastor, uh, the ring is there, married to the church. And then uh, teacher, smallest finger can enter the ear. So fivefold, fivefold ministry. Uh, uh, so the apostolic, uh, apostolic uh, is like this. You know, I, I tell you, because uh, I read a lot about it. Because some people will call me uh, an apostle even in Malaysia. So I start things. So that's one big um, uh, takeaway or giveaway about the apostle. They start things, or they start churches, they start uh, uh, whatever, uh, uh, ministries. Okay. Uh, and uh, they, they seem to have uh, uh, the ability for governance. They are, they are able to enter an uh, organization, enter a ministry, enter a church. And they are able to see things that nobody else can see. So that's the apostolic gift. Uh, and they can, they, 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 uh, so I want to say it again, it's a governing gift. They come and they are able to govern. Able, okay, so that's why when Paul the Apostle entered a church, he says, okay, you become pastor, we need pastors here. You become elder, we need elders. He puts things in order one, and then he moves away. And then he starts something else, and then he puts things in order, and then he starts something else. And that's why they're also very strong in their rebuke. Apostles are very strong. They're not, uh, they're not people that you can uh, butter one. Uh, they're made like that. So they'll come in and they'll scold one. Okay, they, 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 you know, like that. Uh, I, I, actually, I don't like this gift, you know. But I, I seem to, when I have it, when other people can't do it, I can't, other people can't like ask you to step down, ask you to step down, ask you to move aside. They can't, but apostles can. Now, uh, what the point I'm trying to get to is, um, through the years, uh, I've studied this, uh, uh, I read books uh, of apostles of the last 300 years. And you know, many apostles have fallen. Why? Because, uh, they think that because of the gift they have, uh, they can also enter politics. And I've read it again and again. I don't know why people don't learn. I don't know why people don't learn. But every hundred years, uh, there's going to be a mighty apostle in America or wherever uh, who thought because of his governing gift, uh, he can also be the prime minister. He can also be the president. So, the, the, just what I'm trying to say. Because of a gift, and because of a talent, sometimes uh, that gift and talent, when we seek the Lord, we say, God, what am I doing? What am I supposed to do? What, what should I not do? And when we don't seek God, the gift looks like, just because you can govern a church doesn't mean you can govern a country. Unless the Lord calls you to. 
So sometimes they step out, they don't step out of the gift, they step out of their calling. And what has happened is, through the books I've read, uh, again, wow, I'll tell you, uh, there are some apostles uh, that were so mighty, they were doing miracles, uh, they were changing cities, whole communities because of the faith that God gave them. But they thought they should go into politics also. Because wow, well, everybody else comes around you. Wow, I think uh, uh, pastor so and so, pastor so and so, uh, you are so good in this governing. You're so good at telling people of you're, you're able to you know, shift things that other people can't shift. Why don't you try politics? And, um, and, and from my reading, uh, 10 out of 10 fell. And, I, and, and I'm learning something. You know, that um, when we stay in our calling, we continue to stay under God's covering and protection. When we step out of our calling, and uh, like one lady, I remember uh, this uh, pastor talking about this lady in America. He was a worship leader that was part of his uh, worship team. He said, when this lady sang, she sang like an angel. I'm not even sure whether he's heard an angel sing. But you know, what I mean is that when she takes the microphone, and I tell you this is gift, no? and some of you, uh, you can agree with me, uh, when some people take the microphone, as soon as they sing, everybody gets touched. As soon as they sing a song, you can cry. As soon as they start to worship lead, you're moved because there's a gift on that person. And so this lady, according to this pastor, this lady sat down and every time she finishes, the whole group is moved. It can be hundreds, it can be thousands. They all wait for this worship leader to come out because when this worship leader takes the microphone, wow, the presence of God falls. Boom! Because God backs up your gift and He backs up your calling. So this lady sat down and then, uh, you know, she's also a very good-looking lady and so the whisper into her ear was, hey, you're good-looking, you're a great singer, everybody loves you, you know, but you're not appreciated in church, you're not appreciated in the Christian uh, world. Why don't you go out there and sing uh, for the world? Uh, and, uh, and if you sing for the world, you know, you get money, you get fame, you get, uh, you know, all that driver, bodyguard. So you as just a worship leader in church, you know, people don't come for your autograph, people don't pay you money. So, uh, but uh, according to uh, this story, is that every time this lady sat down and the devil whispered into her ear about doing something else, uh, she would say, no, get behind me, get behind me. Devil, get behind me. I, my talent is to serve the Lord. My gifting to serve the Lord. I'm called to serve God, to worship, to lead people into worship. Finally, the devil got to her because, uh, you know, maybe the pastor didn't say something nice to her. Something happened that made her disappointed. And being in a disappointed state, uh, in a discouraging state, uh, is a very dangerous state to be in. Because then the devil can work even deeper. Okay? So before that, she was not discouraged. So she kept telling the devil to get away. Then when she was discouraged, uh, she's like, the devil is the only one that's speaking to her, right? See, I told you already. Nobody appreciates you here. Nobody says thank you. And nobody knows your gift is you know, great. So she said, okay. So she went out and she sang in the pubs. And when she sang in the pubs and when she sang in these, uh, these uh, concerts, uh, the pastor said that she became very famous because she indeed had a gift and she was very good. And uh, then she got into a relationship uh, uh, with someone who was rich uh, and then uh, that person was a drunkard, and so she became a drunkard, and then she, be uh, I'm, I'm just cutting a long story short, she also took drugs, uh, and what happened was she drank, and she, and she was uh, a druggie, uh, and it went on for a few years. She lost her first husband, she lost her second husband, she, basically she married twice. The third time uh, uh, she married, uh, uh, thank God by that, by that time she, she uh, like had enough. 
She says like, you know, I, I have everything the world wants to give me, money, fame, all that, uh, 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 but I, uh, my, I'm, I'm, I'm just so miserable. And finally, she came back to the church and the pastor who's sharing this story received her back and said, uh, come, uh, the Lord has given you a gift, serve the Lord. And what happened was she was able to overcome her drugs, able to overcome her drunkenness, overcome her, her life uh, that was messed up now is, uh, you know, become a, a life made beautiful again. That's why we know the story because she told her pastor what happened. And the pastor says, you know, this is, the, this is, this is how real it is. That sometimes we think, uh, you know, uh, we, we are, we're gifted with that. It's supposed to serve the, the purposes of God. But we, we actually go out and we, uh, we leave our calling. And when we leave our calling, I said, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, the outside, uh, when we start to serve things on the outside, outside your call is darkness and danger is what I said. Staying in your call is covering and protection. Uh, Christianity is about following Jesus, the next slide says. And Jesus clearly knew his call and served it. So I want to read with you Luke chapter 2, 41 to 49. All right, let's read the Word of God. Uh, his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, Jesus was 12 years old. Uh, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. Uh, when they had finished the days, as they returned, the boy Jesus, wow, the big B, uh, boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph and his mother did not know it. But supposing him to have been in the company, they went a day's journey and sought him among their relatives and acquaintances. So one day has passed already, they did not find him. Uh, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. So uh, let's, let me pause here for a while. If any of you have lost Jesus before, don't be too hard on yourself because even his earthly parents lost him for a day. Okay, so uh, they did not find him. Now it was, uh, so it was that after three days, three days, you know, okay, uh, I think as a parent, you have caught the police city by now. Uh, but they went looking for him uh, and they found him sitting in the temple uh, in the midst of teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. 12 years old. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. So when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. Ah, this verse I don't think any mother likes. Uh, but when the mother talks to the child, the mother doesn't expect an answer like this, right? The mother doesn't say, Why did you seek me? How you see in the Cantonese? Why? Yeah, I, I saw a mention going like, like that. Okay? Uh, some of our mothers, you know, would have nicely given us the five-four ministry. Five-four. Uh, uh, why do you seek me? Huh? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? Twelve years old. Alright? Twelve years old. Uh, Twelve years old and he already knew his calling. Okay? I know that some of us are older than twelve. Here. And still struggling with our calling. It is good for us to know our call. And you stand steady. You stand strong. And you don't stand under pressure. Even good pressure. Your mom is asking you, why did you do this to us? We've been searching for you. You made us so worried. Uh, uh, why did you seek me? Did you not know I must be about my father? 12 years old. I See, when you don't know your calling, you always come under pressure. Because something else will be more important. If you don't live by priority, we say, you live by pressure. What is your priority? Your priority is your calling from God. And uh, like for example, some of you are called to be a dad. So your priority is a dad. Some of you are, 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 are a husband now, Ming Sheng. So that's your priority. Before you married, that's not your priority, right? 
Okay, so Luke 19, 5 to 10. Luke 19, 5 to 10, let's look at the scripture. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. But when they saw it, they all complained. Yeah, everybody complained because he's a tax collector huh? and they don't like tax collectors. Zacchaeus was a short man, but a rich man. Rich because, you know, of tax uh, collection. Alright? But when they saw it, they all complained, you know. How many of people complain? Uh, even in your lives? Sometimes people don't know our calling. That's why they complain. He has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. Alright? Then, then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, look, look, it's so immediate, you no? Know, the repentance uh, of Zacchaeus' life was so immediate just because Jesus showed him love. Just because Jesus gave him attention. Just because Jesus picked him out and forgave him. You know, just by picking him out, he already forgave him. Are you all see with me? Yeah. Sometimes when we just reach out uh, uh, and invite someone to dinner, even though you were angry with the person, uh, that, that's already forgiveness. Uh. You don't even have to say, I forgive you. You just say, hey, come, come, come dinner. I got a place for you. Oh, but you were angry with me yesterday. That's okay. I got a place. That's already. So Jesus saying, uh, Zacchaeus, come down. I want to come to your house. I want to eat with you. Uh. Zacchaeus felt forgiven immediately. And his, his uh, uh, response is, Lord, I, I give half of my goods to the poor. And if I've taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. It also means uh, that maybe he has, not, he has not taken anything from anybody by false accusation. Sometimes we think that a tax collector, just because he's a tax collector, uh, he must have done things uh, wrong and by false accusation. But he's so confident that he's not done it. Because if he's done it, he wants to restore fourfold. It's quite amazing. Sometimes the people judge you uh, uh, just because you're in that job, you must be like this. Just because you're in politics, you must be like this. Just because you're in government, just because you're, you've got a police uniform and you're standing by the street, you must be, you know, asking somebody how they can help you and how you can help them. Yeah? Okay, so uh, 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 today salvation has come to this house because he also is the son of Abraham, Jesus said. I like this last part, this last part. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. The, you see, Jesus, when he was 12, he knew his calling. And in the middle of his ministry, he remembered his calling. That he would be able to reach out to a person called Zacchaeus because he remembers that the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. This is the call of Jesus. And when you know your call, and when you serve your call, I tell you, people get set free. People get blessed. People get healed. Even though other people don't understand what you're doing. But you know that you're called not to come and butter people up, not to come and just do religion and do church. You come to seek and save the lost. And not all, the majority cannot stop you from doing it because you know your call. Very, very important. Last scripture uh, reference for the day is found in John 13 verse 1 to 5. Let's read it. Now before the feast of the Passover... When Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Next verse. And supper being ended, the devil having already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Look at the next verse. That is very, very powerful. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, he knows, and that he had come from God, and was going to God. Look, just, just pause for this. This, this scripture itself uh, is worth meditating on. 
I wonder how many of us, and this is towards the end of Jesus' ministry, you know, and it shows uh, that he still knows who he is. He knows why he came. He knows who sent him. He knows where he's going. And because of all this confidence uh, in his calling as a son of God, as a savior of the world, the confidence that Jesus had, you look at the next verse. He rose up from supper and laid aside his garments, took a towel and girded himself. You and I will never be able to serve others uh, until we know who we really are. That's why a lot of people uh, refuse to take the towel and refuse to take the basin and refuse to wash other people's feet uh, because they themselves have insecurity. They themselves are grappling for identity, grappling for fame, grappling for, uh, what's, what's the word? Uh, I don't know, uh, uh, to be known. Grappling to be in position, fighting a, a, a position and, and, and fighting for prosperity and wanting more and why shouldn't I be the one seated at the front and why shouldn't I be, have this name? And, you know, yesterday was very, very cute. No, yesterday, uh, uh, we went to uh, the wedding and uh, at the counter, uh, they said, Pastor, you know your, your table number? And I said, no, I don't. Number 13. I said, okay, great. So I walked in and I looked at the number 12 first. Number 12, all our KK friends, you know. Okay, keep say hi, hello, hey, okay, okay. And Philemon was there, hey, Philemon, ah, okay. Uh, and, and then suddenly I said, uh, no, they asked me, what table are you? I said, number 13. Then as I looked, it was there at the back, uh, right beside the wall. And, and so I said, oh, wow, fantastic, no? Because when we take the last table, we can be naughty, see? When we take the first table, you know, pastors have to behave. So at the back, at least I can throw kacang, you know, to people. I, I, how many of you can now wear my kacang? Uh? I think one of the, uh, I think Joan got hit by me or, or someone got hit by me. Uh, I'm not sure. But, uh, uh, you know, kacang is not just to eat, uh, it's to also have fellowship uh, with people. So I, I, I went to the back there, took some kacang, threw some people, and, 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 and I sat there. And uh, it was the last table, last table. And uh, my wife sat with me, and then Elder Kenya and Elder Shirley came with me. Uh, and, uh, and, and really, I, I have no problems, right? You know, when you're secure, you, you have no problems where to sit, right? Seriously. And so I, I was enjoying myself until someone came up to me and said, ah, Pastor, it's 13A. 13 ah, and 13A, ah, let me tell you the difference. 13 ah, is the last table at the wall. And 13A ah, is the first table next to the couple. There's a message there, you know. Just one letter difference can make it to hell or heaven. Whoa! The A. <laughs> You know, I, I have no problems. You know, in fact, the waiter was the, wait, the same waiter that waited upon me and my table last Saturday when I did Enoch's wedding. And the waiter said, hey, I recognize you, you know. And if you're nice to a waiter, the waiter will be nice to you. Lah. And uh, then I said, hey, I'm so sorry, lah. my table is the front. You know, 13A, it seems, you know, right at the front. And the waiter said, oh, how ah? He actually told me, you know, uh, I cannot serve you at front wall. I said, serve lah, never mind lah, just tell your manager, you know, you switch lah, you tell it. You are by popular demand. <laughs> by popular demand. And then he really, you know, he went to his manager and the manager said, you, you stand in the back. The front only for managers and for supervisors only, you know, to take care of the important tables. So he came a few times, you know, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? I said, yeah, 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 we're okay, we're okay. Good, huh? For a waiter to go all the way there. But what, what, what I'm trying to say is that you, you, you've got to be able to be secure to serve others. And the verse before this we read huh, was that Jesus knew, Jesus knew, Jesus knew. I was sent. I'm, I'm God's child. You know, I'm going back to God. Okay? So what, 
is what what the, what's the big deal of serving and what I know where I'm going. And I know where I came from. You can't change it. And me washing your feet can't change it. And me giving you money and me serving you and me, you know, you can't change who I really am. I'm called by God. Do you understand? Security. That's where rich people can drive small cars. Because of security. You got to really understand. Now, please, uh, drive big cars, okay. Okay, I'm not knocking it. But what I'm trying to say is that it's okay. It's really all right. Why so quiet, yeah, Sally? It's really all right. Digesting. Like the mooncake. Yeah, I'm still digesting two weeks worth of mooncake inside my body. Yeah, no, please. The reason why I'm saying this is because I love you. And if you live on uh, having to, you know, compete with uh, the Jones, Joneses <laughs> and compete with your, your neighbours, whose car is bigger, whose house is bigger, life is going to be very, very depressing. You know? know who you are. Jesus knew who he was at 12. And then, you know, at, in the middle of his ministry, Zacchaeus, you are the kind of people I came for. The people, the majority may not like it. And sometimes in church also, uh, a lot of people will say a lot of things right, uh, that can make me feel also a little bit like, oh, you know, the people don't like me. But I didn't, I didn't come into this position to be liked. I didn't become a senior pastor to be liked. I have a job to do. All with me? I have a calling in my life. I will still love you, smile at you, hug you, I'll do. But you know, I, I did not come in to be liked. And most of the times when leaders only want to be liked, you won't be a good leader. If that's all you want. I want to be liked, I guarantee you, you will not be the leader that God wants you to be. So be your calling. Fulfill your calling, okay? So this is very, very powerful. Jesus knew and that's why He can lay aside, lay aside His garment, lay aside your royal garments, your own, you know, and then start serving. Took a towel. I have a quote in one of the Chinspiration books. When man reached for a title, Jesus reached for a towel. Man always reached for title. Dato, tansri. Jesus reached for a towel. Title, towel. Title, towel. What's the difference in here? Who are you? Amen? Are you okay or not without a big house? Are you okay or not without a big salary? Are you okay? Are you okay or not? And you say, yes, Lord, I'm okay. And then maybe the Lord will still bless you <laughs> with a big salary and a big... It's okay. But He wants us to make sure that we are steady. Steady, okay? Uh, what, what else do we have? Uh, so He poured into basically, okay, fine. I think you got it. Huh? You got it. Praise the Lord. And I want to show you, the next slide says, why is it so important to know our calling? Well, number one, to fulfill it. We want to know our calling because we want to fulfill it. We want to know what this purpose is in our lives. Go to the shop there, buy the sweets, come back, not right. Well, no, because I missed it. I missed the point. I missed not only the point, I missed life. The reason for living. God didn't just give us life just to live for ourselves. Amen. But to live for others as well. And to remember that we've been sent. It's very important, ladies and gentlemen, uh, to remember that we've been sent on a mission, on an assignment. It's not saja-saja. It's not just simply that God created us to go like, okay, la, since I got some extra 
oxygen uh, on the earth. Uh, uh, you know, like maybe your wedding, I don't know if there's such a thing, uh, but uh, since you've got one or two more chairs, uh, just invite, you know, uh, someone from downstairs, uh, you know, uh, because you've got extra, you know, already paid for, uh, so call your driver, so you know, and call your Filipino mate, or call, you know, just, just call them. Oh, someone said, oh, plus one. Huh? There are a lot of people who ask these days, no? you invite him and say, can I plus one? And then you say, oh, no, brother, plus two, it's okay, no. Uh, very generous. It's not because the earth got so much oxygen uh, that, someone, that God says, I made you. Uh, just breathe, uh, and then die later. Okay, just breathe and die later, lah. I wonder how many of you are storybooks like that one. Storybook, uh, you, you, you write, uh, one day uh, you write, uh, someone says, uh, someone asked me to write uh, my story uh, and then send in to them. It's a university uh, uh, and, and, and they might consider it for a doctorate. Uh, so, but the way they ask me to write uh, is, uh, is like, write everything that you've ever done. You know, it's a lot. So I said, never mind, I'll forget it. Uh, uh, because it's take too much time. But a lot of our storybooks is going to be, uh, so what do you do in your life? I was born, I went to school, I went to secondary school, went to college, fell in love, got married, got five more kids, uh, uh, saw them go to college, uh, and then I died. I don't know what else is going to be in your book. How thin is your book going to be? I don't know. Uh, but many of us choose to live that kind of life. So your book uh, is so thin, uh, you know, you're, you're done in three pages uh, or, or four pages. And then when you come to heaven, you know, you don't have a best bookseller. You only have one that everybody writes. Okay, let's say you've got one million people, you know, and 900,000 people write the same book. I lived and I died. What do you leave behind? Uh, some money for my children. What else? House. Everybody else is going to write the same story. So boring. I want to go to, to heaven uh, and the angel all line up for my book. Hey, hey, give me your book. I, I want to read your book. I want to read your book. I hope that will happen. Write a book that's worth reading. Oh, write a book that's worth reading. You know how many books there are in the bookshop? Big bookshop? You all buy every one of them. No, you all look, right? You all look, you look for the author. You all look, you all look for what's worth your money. And so that when you take up the book, uh, you get inspired when you read it. Don't write like everybody else writes. You are a child of God. Uh, amen? And there is a calling on your life. So remember you're on assignment. On assignment. Okay, this is how I'm going to close. I'm going to close with some practical points. Because people have been asking me, Pastor, how do I know my calling? Okay? How can I know my calling? Are you ready? How can we divide our calling? Okay, young people, older people here still looking for your calling one. I give you eight points. Fast, fast one, huh? Ready? Here we go. Tired. Lumber one. Your birth. Your birth itself. You are a man. Come on. You are a woman. Oh, I want to shake my hand. Whoa. See, woman shake hand. Men high five. See, see, see the difference already? Yeah, that's why the devil wants to mess it up. Do you know that today, people are still struggling with, no, no, I want to be what I want to be. Have you seen the, the latest video? The video says, uh, if I feel like a woman, I am a woman. If I feel like a man, I am a man. Hello, please don't go with feelings. Remember the song of feelings, chicha on the ceiling, you know? Don't, don't. No, just because you were born a man, that's your call. And you were born a woman, that's your call. And the devil wants to mess that one up also. Actually, that's the simplest thing already. 
The simplest thing uh, is that you were born a man, you were born a woman, but the devil wants to mess it up. I know, it would be very unpopular when I preach this in America, be very unpopular when I preach this in UK, very unpopular when I preach this in Australia, okay? These are the three leading countries uh, that uh, frowns upon you talking about gender identity. But I tell you what, uh, we were made in God's image and that was the image we were made in and because I'm a man, then I do things as a man. I will never be able to be pregnant, I tell you this. Some of you are laughing at me. Some of you don't believe. No, I will never be able to be pregnant. And, uh, and, and, and therefore not understand uh, what pregnancy means, okay? But some of the ladies, while they go through pregnancy and they go through a hard time being pregnant and giving birth, there are some things that men go through that women are actually not meant to go through. And that's why men are supposed to lead, ma. See, just by knowing that you're a man or woman, you already know what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to lead. And leadership is not easy, guys. It's not easy because when you make a decision, the, 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 the weight of the decision is on your shoulders, on the shoulder of a man. And so you can make even a wrong decision and you can cause your whole family to suffer. I just spoke to a man like this a um, couple of days ago. Okay? Top lawyer, made a lot of money, had seven cars, bungalows, and uh, even a title in front of his name, and he lost everything. Lost everything. And then he asked me, Pastor, can you lead me back to Christ? He was a Christian, and then he went into another religion, and uh, he made money because, you know, sometimes other religions sometimes may not be as strict as the Christian religion when it comes to money, bribery. So, the conscience not so deep, lah. conviction not so strong, lah. So you join another so that the, the other religion might not be strong on cannot give bribes. Whereas Christianity is strong on that, you see. So sometimes people shift uh, so that they can do their own thing and make money, alright. Now he's, he's totally gone. Financially gone. Uh, and, 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 and it's sad. It's very sad. Uh, 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 and so I said, is your wife still with you? He said, I thank God that my wife is still with me although I caused so much trouble to my family. And my two sons are already in college. But he says that he was in tears. I have caused so much sorrow to my family. And yet my wife has not left me. I thank God. The wife is a free thinker, not even a Christian. You're with me, right? The brunt, I could see uh, the weight on his shoulder. He's crying, a grown man. Okay, a dato. Crying because of his decisions. And yet, and yet men... If you know you're a man, you're supposed to take that up and be very careful with your decisions so that you will only bring blessing and peace to your home. Amen? Number two, experiences. How do I know I'm called? Well, number one is birth. As simple as that. You're a man, lead. No? Number two, experiences. Upbringing, your response. Okay. So I was brought up, I told you many times uh, my, my own family story. Uh, my mother had to leave my family when I was one year old. My father and mother divorced. I told you all that story, so I won't go on further. I know the time is also ticking away. And I've come to learn not to reject my upbringing. I've come to learn not to be so sad about the fact that my mother left me. Uh, but to come to a place whereby, okay God, you allowed this to happen to me, and so I'm going to use it right now to be part of my calling. And the reason 
you know, I mean, guys, you know my story, right? My sister committed suicide before she turned 21. Now, I can stand here and be sad about it, cry about it, and, you know, woe is me, or I can take all my experiences, my upbringing, and say I'm going to use it for the glory of God. This is very important. And because of my sister dying at such a young age uh, through taking her life, we have now started Lynette's. And Lynette's now is doing wonderful things in schools, telling people about, you know, suicide prevention. You can turn your sorrow into joy. You can turn your testing into testimony. You can turn your darkness into light. With God, you can. Somebody say amen. I was very poor. And so I understand people in poverty and help them, your experiences. So please, everyone here, don't reject any of your experiences. Don't say, because of that, I am going to be, you know, something else that God never called me to be. Say, Lord, whatever pain, I'm going to turn it into prosperity. Amen. Whatever pain, I'm going to turn it into healing. Number three, roles. Positions. So just because you're now a leader, then that's your calling. If you are a manager, that's your calling. If you are a supervisor, that's your calling. God has given you that gift. So if you go like, oh, I don't know, I know, I just by accident became a manager, then you will never be a good manager because it's by accident, you think. But if God gave you that position, then, then, then understand, I have a call as a manager to be a good manager to my the, the people under me. You, you with me? That's why when Christians understand calling uh, and understand that they were not just in this position by chance, they will start to take it as a ministry to the Lord. Your position. Maybe your, your position as a husband. Maybe your position as a wife. You know, I had written on my, my board, my whiteboard in my office. Uh, I take the, take the whiteboard when I shifted office, but for at least about seven years, you know, I, I, wrote, I, wrote, I wrote down, uh, it, it, I think there were eight or nine things I said. Uh, I hope that I've been faithful as a son. And I think about it, was I there for my dad? Was I there for my mom? Was I there for my parents-in-law? Okay, hopefully I can, okay, faithful as a son. That's my position, son, so I want to be faithful. Have I been faithful as a Christian leader in FGA? Yes or no? Whenever I was there to serve and how long I was there, I was, then I put at number three, am I faithful as a husband? Uh, do I remember birthdays? Do I remember anniversaries? You see, because you realize as you write down the list, uh, you have time for everything that God has called you to be. You can't just say, oh, just because I'm a husband now, I have no time for my mother. And now because I, you know, I'm a son now, I have no time. You can't, you, life, I, I think that if God gave you that position, He will give you time to do well in that position. And so I, I remember, you know, because before I can write the 10th thing, which does not exist yet, I had to, in my heart, be confident that I've been faithful in all the other things God has given me. Because why should He then give you the next thing, which is probably the next biggest thing in your life, when you have not been faithful in all the other things? <laughs> not being faithful as a son, not being faithful as a daughter, not being faithful as a wife, not being faithful as, you know, a, a boss. Because, you know, I, 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 I'm a, 
right now I'm an employer of 77 staff. Uh, 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 and and, and I, I have to also say, am I faithful as an employer? But I know that my life is not done. The best is still ahead of us. And so number 10, I have nothing there. God will show it to me. But again, I want to say, you've got to be faithful with everything else He's given you and then believe that God will give you the next big thing. Number four, giftings, talents. God has given you a gift and a talent. Be faithful to that. What is a gift? A gift is basically something that you don't need extra uh, 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 um, effort to do. If you have a gift as a singer, you take the microphone and you start singing already, wow. you know, so easy, so effortless. Someone else who doesn't have a gift of singing, well, I have to practice hard, harder, la, have to try harder. La. It's okay. Sometimes God can also call you to be faithful to do something that you don't have a natural gift. Never mind. But those of you who have a natural gift and you have a gift, some of you cooking, right? What are you using that gift for? Well, you, the talents are very important. How many of you remember the next slide says this, right? Matthew 25, 40 to 30. Five talents, two talents, one talent. The one talent went and buried it. All right, five and two. So God is saying to you, if I've given you the talent, use it. Because if you don't use it, you're burying it. If you have five talents and you only use three, you're burying two and you're worse than the guy with one talent. Number five, passion. What gets you up in the morning? Why are you passionate about sports? Other people around you not passionate. You, because you were given that passion. Why are you passionate about music? Someone else is not. Why are you passionate about preaching? Others are not. Why are you passionate about leading? Others are not. You know, uh, there, there are certain passions that God gives us that marks or defines our call. And you must not reject that passion. Some of you have passion for the poor. Others may not have. And you cannot try to rub off your passion on others. If they catch it, they catch it. If they don't, they don't. But some people like, like for example, like fathers get into trouble sometimes because they want their son to be the same as them. So the father's a lawyer, want the son to be a lawyer, and the father tried to rub off his passion on the son. You can't do that. God will give your son another passion or maybe the same. But it has to be his passion because I tell you what, if you do anything out of passion, you will succeed. I can tell you right now, maybe not always succeed with money, but you will succeed. Every Sunday when I preach here, I hope that when you see me preach, you know there's passion. Because even though you are not sweating, I am. And this aircon is quite cold already, you know. But I, 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 I take every message uh, with all my heart and, and people say, why pastor, it's so cold and you still sweat. Because there's some passion that's going on inside me that tells you I will give my best to every message I preach. Because this is my call. Everybody see okay? And I know that people are blessed when I speak uh, and, and, and I pray. I know some people are blessed a little bit, some people are blessed a lot, but praise God. Come on, continue in your passion. Okay? Some people like to say, oh, but you know, uh, I tell you, uh, I've been doing this for 20 years. Don't say that. Don't limit your time with, 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 with time. Passion doesn't have to be limited with time. Oh, but you know, uh, I've been preaching uh, like this uh, for 20 years, so I think I deserve a break. Right? But if it's a passion that God has given you, please continue. Don't let the devil lie to you. Oh, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. I think I, I, uh, I want to change that. Uh, Chin Wan Keng, you know, they say in France. Uh, 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 and uh, uh, I know some of you are laughing because it's not France. Uh, but, um, but, you know, I want to, uh, 
see, we always get into trouble because we suddenly look at it as our own self. We want a change of environment. We want a change of perspective. We want a change of uh, church. We want a change of curtains. We want a change of, uh, you know, whatever, uh, 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 beautification. Uh, and and th therefore, you make a decision to step out of your calling and you leave your passion. I'm going to tell you right now, don't leave your passion. Number six, your surroundings. This one I learned from who, you know? Uh, from an uh, American pastor by the name of Bill Wilson. Bill Wilson has the biggest children's church in the world. Right now, it stands at 120,000 children. Okay? Uh, all around the world, I think there's 20,000 children in Philippines. And there's, uh, you know, 40,000 children in America or whatever. He's well-known. 77 years old, I think now. Uh, and still in children's ministry. Still driving the bus. Bill Wilson spoke in our church uh, uh, some years ago. Uh, and he's still collecting money to help children. You know what he said? I know my call. And that's why until today, I still serve children. There's no retirement. This is my passion. This is my gifting. I'm, this is my calling. But you know what he said? He said this. It's not, it's not difficult to know my calling when I hear a child cry by the lane. He says, even though I want to do something else, as soon as I walk by the lane and I hear a child cry for food, for shelter, for love, I hear my calling. I love that. Because sometimes we take it too spiritually, you know. God, where is my calling? God, please drop it in a, in a lightning. Thunder. And God says, you want me to strike you also as well? No, no, no just strike the lightning by the side. I just want, I just want a confirmation. just want a confirmation. Um, I want a confirmation. Please show me my calling. Ah, someone's crying by side. I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. You keep quiet first. Huh? Lord, I'm just asking. I'm just asking, please. Uh, someone fell down, hurt themselves, broke their leg. Oh, please, someone help me. That's the same story, right, about the Good Samaritan. Rushing to church or rushing to church. So a man almost dead. I go to church first. I'll see you later. Rush to church. Rush to church. Rush to what you think your calling is. And your calling is on the street there calling for you. You know, and that's why I know when I, when I work with Pastor Daniel and the people working with the young people, uh, I know your passion. I, I know sometimes when you are in tears, when you're thinking about a young person, and you say, Pastor, I can hear their cry. Uh, and, and, and I love uh, leaders like that because they know their calling. And their calling is not one of those, oh, let me wait. Should I do a camp? Should I, should I let people, these young people stay in my house? Should I feed them? Should I drive them? No, you, you hear from their voice. And every time you hear a young person say something, you feel called. It, it, other people here are maybe women ministry. Some people here are senior citizens. So I, I don't know. But let me draw to a close. Supernatural encounters, number seven. What are these? Well, there are some days you will get an angel to come in your room. Angel. Daniel. Ah, who are you? Who are you? I am Angel Kenneth. New, new edition. Gabriel and Michael were busy. So here I am. Oh, you're so tall. Yes, I'm 10 foot 4. So beware your wings. Didn't bring today. 
left it at home. Because your apartment too small for my wings. Your apartment, especially your apartment, Joe. Too small for my wings. I left. Daniel, you shall. Okay. Wow. Supernatural encounters, we don't discount it. It happens. But why I put it number seven? Huh? Because, because, uh, just get on with your number one to, you know, right? And that, because some of you are still waiting for that angelic visitation. But can I say this? It happens. It does happen. People will tell me how I knew that God wanted me to do AYA X Church. It was really by vision. Dream. A voice. I heard a voice speaking to me in the dark of night. Or maybe, maybe actual call. Actual call. You know? The phone ring. Calling. Hello? Daniel? Come now, quickly. No one to open the door in the legacy. Okay, last one. Word of God. Word of God. Okay. Now this is not put there last because it's last. Huh? It should actually be put first. But um, if all fails, if all fails, I want you to lift up your Bible and read it. Because in that are commandments. And in that are commissioned. The Lord says, go into all the world and preach the gospel, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And lo, I will be with you until the end of the age. Okay? Uh, the Bible, the Bible, what does the Bible say? What does the Bible say to us? Very, very important. The Bible tells husband, husbands how to love their wives. The, tell, uh, the Bible tells wives how to submit to their husbands. The Bible tells children how to honour their parents. The Bible tells parents how to, you know, not... What's the word for it? There's a, there's a, there's a word, right, in the Bible. Uh, uh, don't aggravate your children. Don't push them so hard that they break. The Bible tells even bosses how to be good employers, doesn't it? Bosses, be kind to your, to your staff. The, the Bible teaches staff how to be honouring to their bosses. When you serve your masters, your earthly masters, make it like you're serving your heavenly master. The Bible has a lot to say about how we can live our lives. I want to close. The time is up. Hallelujah. Why is your pastor wanting so much to bring you through a series about calling? Because life can get busy. Life can get busy. And sometimes we lose our way. Sometimes we even lose our sight. We forget what it's all about. Sometimes temptation will come. The devil is very good at it. And the biscuits and the sweets are laid out for a six-year-old boy with power in his hands, five ringgit. But he was sent for a purpose by his grandmother. And yet he came back, not empty-handed, but his hand was filled with his own desires. And I don't want anyone here to live like that. Because God has sent all of you and me to this earth, to Malaysia. Don't despise Malaysia. Don't ever despise Malaysia. He sent us here for a reason. With God, all things are possible. Someone say Amen. I don't want, any, I don't want anyone of us to lose our way. To be tempted by temporary things. I want all of us to be able to be ready to give an account to God when you meet Him and say, God, 
you sent me. I was sent on a mission, on a purpose. I was sent on an assignment. I, I don't forget why you gave me this money. I don't forget why you gave me this house. I don't forget why you gave me this car. I don't forget why you gave me this talent. I don't forget why you made me a man. I don't forget why you made me a woman. I don't forget why you put me in this church. I don't forget why you gave me uh, this passion. I don't forget why you gave me these experiences. Some of them are very bad experiences, but God can turn the bad into good. Joseph said to his brothers, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. And so we don't forsake our experiences. We don't reject even the pain that we have had to go through because with our pain, we can heal others, other people's pain. I remember one time, you know, there was a preacher who had not very good English and someone complained, oh, his English is bad. His English is broken. And then somebody said, yes, but do you know that God uses His broken English to heal broken hearts? God can use your brokenness to heal the brokenness of others. Do you believe it? Whatever you've been through, don't reject it. Don't forsake it. Say, God, I also embrace the experiences that I have, both the good and the bad. Use it for your glory. Don't step out of your calling. Never leave it. Because outside of your calling is darkness and danger. The devil is there. He wants to draw you out. But if you stay in your calling, stay in your gifting, stay in your passion, stay in the way you were made, I tell you there is covering and there is protection. you believe it? There is covering. There is protection. God will be with you. Stay in your calling. Know your calling, serve your calling. And when you see God, you can say, God, you gave me five talents here, ten. You gave me two talents here, four. You gave me one talent here, two. Multiply that talent. Don't just give God what He gave you. Let God multiply what He has put in your life. And when we all see God, God will be so well pleased that he will say, well done, my good and faithful servant. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.axchurch.uk. God bless.